It's time for episode 26 of Insecurity. We give you an Active Directory Fundamentals course. Visit our website at in-security.org for the show notes, the latest episodes, and to leave comments. Remember that you can also send us email to feedback at in-security.org, or you can follow us on Twitter at Insecurity Show. My name is Matt. And my name is Max. How are you doing this week, buddy? I'm super fantastic. How about you? I'm doing fantastic, too. What's news? What's exciting? Well, by the time this is published, Carrie probably gave birth to a screaming little baby. We're getting close. Nice. It's pretty exciting. It is. It's, uh, we've been getting everything ready so that when baby comes, we're just good to roll. So all the extra housework that needs to get done, we've just been ramping up. That's pretty impressive. I figured by getting everything ready, you simply meant you've been soundproofing your office and you put locks on your <laughs> office door and you've not told Carrie where your office door lock key is so that you can hide in there. Right. Huh. Yep. Absolutely. One of the things that I was kind of wondering that I wanted to ask you a little bit about was uh, we talked about we talked about hardening. We talked about user profiles, user control, stuff like that. And you kind of mentioned a little bit about the Active Directory. Sure. And you had mentioned that as kind of a user control option. This then came up a little bit later for me when I was talking to a buddy. He had mentioned the Active Directory as well. I was wondering, does this somehow apply to InfoSec? Sure. I mean, it applies to everything. So... I don't know, picture that you're going into work, right? And you... <laughs> you sit- lost me. <laughs> yeah. You sit down at a desk and you log into the computer. Mm-hmm. So without Active Directory, you would have to have somebody maintaining the users on all the PCs, right? So as a home user, I use my computer. I'm the only person who really uses my computer, Right. So I've got an administrator account that comes by default when I install the operating system. And then I create a regular user for myself, right? And so if you were a company, you wouldn't want people to log in and share the administrator account all the time. That would be silly because you'd expose yourself to all sorts of horrendous security implications, which we've already covered. But for, you know, at very basic, somebody clicks on a link and gets infected from some sort of spam email, right? And the computer's compromised from that point forward for everybody using that account. Like, for instance, you click on something that allows you to install it as long as you're an administrator, and then automatically it doesn't need any additional permissions, so it goes ahead. Correct. No business should do that. Uh, They should assign people individual user accounts, right? So that... I can be identified as the person taking an action and it's a requirement in all sorts of regulatory um, things, but it's also a best practice. So like if you have to abide by, you know, SOC sensitivity, if if your office is big enough, then that's the case. But I mean, at the end of the day, you really want to know who did what action. If somebody, if something goes wrong, you want to be able to find out who did it to be able to discipline them, right? Or at the very least, educate them. Yeah, discipline, educate. I put those two in the same category together. I just don't want you just whipping out the, the beating sticks right yet. 
We'll try and keep okay. it friendly, a little bit friendly. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, but another thing is it's a management nightmare, right? So say I have three point of sales terminals and you're a clerk, uh, you're a cashier in a computer store, right? To have your account be set in each cache, right? You'd have to set the mm-hmm. username and password in each actual computer, right? That runs the point of sale device. So somehow right. you'd have to keep the passwords in sync. What if you forgot it on one computer? How Now you have somebody who has to reset the password for you. It's a big pain. And then, you know, it's someone physically has to be there to log into each computer. It just, it doesn't scale, right? So this is where Active Directory comes into play. So from a single person's computer, you don't need to be connected to the network. You don't need to have the internet access. You can simply have a computer at home. You create a username, you create a password in order to log into it, and you're just standalone. That's it. That's you. You can manage all of your settings. You can go through all of your hardening and everything like that on your own machine, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you're not connected to the network, right, then then you basically have a single machine. Every, every machine is an island onto itself because they're not networked together. Right. Now, when you create a network, you start having more and more computers and going from one computer, managing that one computer, you can do that. Once you get to two computers, you then need to do the same thing on each computer every time. And then obviously that keeps incrementing every single time there's more systems added. Right. So if you're a small mom and pop shop and you have five employees and two computers, right? There's 10 user accounts right there. You add another computer, you need people to access that. Maybe you don't want some of the people to access that, right? It becomes a logistic nightmare to manage this. You want some sort of centralized system that manages it for you. In the Windows world, which is what most corporations and enterprises and small businesses use, you have Active Directory. So you have a server in the background that manages, you know, the critical resources for connecting to a network. It manages... DHCP, which uh, gives you an IP address and tells you where the router is to get up to the internet and um, who your other peer systems are. Uh, it also, you know, yeah, manages the domain name resolution. It manages, maybe it manages a print server. Maybe, maybe you have a printer in your office and you want people from different computers to be able to print that one printer and you save on cost that way, right? So you actually have to have one computer running this Windows Server version to be able to install Active Directory. And then you have a single repository or uh, a single place for user accounts where anybody can log in with that user account on any of the machines that participate in this domain. So the benefits are you have a central point of managing both the users and the computers. So like a control panel, a control console. Sure. Yeah, no, it's like a control console on steroids. And also a traffic cop. You want to go there? You have to come through here, then it's right over there. Concierge. It, it's like signage around a store to say, hey, that's the exit, right? This wall, you walk into the wall and you don't get anywhere. But if you want to go 
to the street, to the curb, right? Go through this door and exit. My sister and I worked at the liquor store and they had a glass door and they had a glass wall and they were side by side and they were identical. The only thing that differentiated (laughs) it was the handle and nobody understood. And invariably, every single night that we worked there for at least every Tuesday for at least two years, somebody would walk into the window walk directly into the wall and you know what i did i took the initiative well that usually i would laugh and then like high five my sister um i would uh, what i did was i took the initiative and i made the signage myself i said pull and a little wrote a little pull sign and i put it onto the door handle and that alone stopped like most of our entertainment oh that's good but so signage yeah it does if you don't read the sign, you will walk into the wall. Right. So, yeah, Active Directory is a way of managing accounts centrally so that instead of having the user account on every single computer, right, it's in this centralized server. And when you log on to the computer, you have a, an option of are you logging on to this computer alone or are you logging on to the domain? And it's built into Windows and uh, ever since Windows 2000 and it's scaled out. So by now, any sort of com- company um, who has more than a couple computers should probably have something like Active Directory. Not only does it allow you to manage users, it allows you to set password policies on these users. So whereas a single individual having an account on a computer could have like a password of A, like a single character, terrible password, no complexity on it. Very easy for one of these brute forcing things to go through. When you have Active Directory, now you have this mesh on top of it called group policies, where you can set these group policies for either users or computers and say, okay, this person has to have, everybody in the enterprise has to have a password complexity of say eight characters right and it has to have uh uppercase or lowercase or a number or a special character right and and so now you're setting that bar a little bit higher so that people have to actually do the bare minimum to be acceptable and you no longer have to uh, crack the passwords yourselves to figure out if somebody's meeting that bare minimum standard, you can enforce that across an enterprise level or a company level or whatever. Now, does this have limitations or can you set whatever kind of uh, criteria you want? Like you must have a minimum 64 characters for your password. Yes, it's, it's completely settable by yourself. So nice. whoever's the domain administrator actually gets to set the domain policies that apply to people. So now you're starting to think about, okay, well, you know, if you're a small shop and you outsource your IT, maybe you've outsourced the domain administration role to, you know, the the person who's running your IT for you. Or if you're a big enough company where it merits having this control inside then 
you have somebody who you've hired as an active directory administrator who manages these group policies across. Uh, another very important factor of active directory is, you know, there's a, there's a logistical structure that you can start putting into things. So you can say, okay, this policy is going to apply to the sales computers, but not to the marketing computers, right? My graphic designers don't have this policy applied to them, uh, but they do have this policy, a separate policy applied to them. And you can start slicing and dicing your enterprise up and have these policies that apply to certain people for permissions to be applied to them through these things called groups. And so then if you have something like that set up, if you give one set of permissions to one person and it is set up on the server, then when they sign into any computer, they still have those set permissions? Uh, to the enterprise. So... Like any computer within, you know, let, let's say that this is exclusively set up within your, you know, office. So any computer within the office that they sign on to, they then carry those permissions because those permissions are set on the server, not on the specific computer. So yes and no. Um, with Active Directory, there's a layer of complexity that's put into this, right? Whereas if the user accounts on a computer itself, you get to specify exactly what that access is to the computer, Right. When you have Active Directory, you have a layer of abstraction, which means you have um, you have to formulate a linkage between Active Directory and the computers that are a member of Active Directory. So, if you wanted to have a, a domain administrator have access to every computer, well, by default. When the computer is a part of a domain, the domain administrator has privileges on every single computer and server within that environment. That's a member of that. But if you have um, like a sales group that needs access to uh, a bunch of different servers, then maybe you have an organizational structure like a like a Manila folder file type of structure, or like um. I think everybody by now knows what Windows Explorer is. Now you have like the C drive and then you'll have like a, a structure off of the C drive. That's like um, my, um, my documents, or you could have like a sales one to, to get a better picture. Right. And then off of the sales one, you'd have uh, like upcoming sales or closed sales. And so, You'd have the same thing in Active Directory. You'd have a structure. You'd have like a sales department. You'd have a marketing department and a graphic design department, whatnot. And you could say, okay, salespeople can access sales servers or or the file system that we were talking about before. They can access the sales folder on um, this file server, but graphic designers can't marketing people can't right um and you can start separating the roles and rules based on groups that you create within active directory and you say tom theo and bob are part of the sales group janice chaz and mark are part of the graphic design group 
I, and you start Jazz totally link- would be part of the graphic design group. <laughs> you start linking these things together. And then you you no longer have to manage an individual's access to things. You now manage group level access to things. So now we've created an abstraction for roles. Right? And it's again saving you work downstream. And it's a little bit of complexity up front to say, okay, who's doing what job? And then you just manage that job across folder structures. Hopefully that makes sense to people out there. I believe so. But so can you specifically state which computers will have access regardless of who's signed into them? Like, for instance, you've got a sales computer. You've got a graphic design computer. You've got your sales team. You've got your graphic design team. And then you've got a lunchroom computer for people to fool around on. Anyone who wants to use the lunchroom computer can sign into the lunchroom computer, but when they're signed into the lunchroom computer, they are signed in as them. They just don't have access to their either sales stuff or their graphic design stuff. But if a sales guy logs on to the graphic design computer, he has access to all his sales stuff. Am I making things too complex? So uh, there's a couple of different things. One... I don't understand why you would not want uh, a salesperson to have access to their sales data in a lunchroom capacity because maybe they need to work through lunch, right? It's just a business efficiency. Um, and two, active lunchroom's direct- public. Doesn't matter in this in this scenario. So we don't want people being able to look over his shoulder and see private information. I don't know. Let's just say that it's a thing that happens. So. An account in Active Directory is universal. So if you're a salesperson, I mean, you can go very granular if you want and say a salesperson couldn't log into this specific computer or can only log into these group of computers. Uh, But the beauty of Active Directory is that it actually allows people to be more dynamic and not be limited to certain computers, right? We want to get away from that model of this person's only allowed to log into this computer because their user account only exists there. Right. Right. So from an authentication standpoint, anybody can authenticate to active directory and any active directory computer, unless explicitly blocked from doing so. So authorization is a different thing completely. Right. So if, even if I can authenticate, to the lunchroom computer, what I'm authorized to access from a, a resource perspective, it's always dependent on the resource that I'm going to get. So one option, if you don't want anybody doing work from the lunchroom computer, is you can say, I'm going to have this computer automatically log in as an account that can just browse the web. Right? So I no longer have that individual accountability because I no longer need it because people aren't able to access the resources that are critical to my company. That makes sense. Another option is on the file server that actually holds all of the information, you can say, I'm going to allow you know this group access to it, this group access to it, this group access to it, but this computer that's in the lunchroom, I'm not going to allow it access to these resources. So denying always actually goes a level above accepting. So 
even if this person's allowed access to it as an individual, because the computer's not allowed access to it, it's denied. So deny is always stronger than an allow. Huh, cool. Right, and that also works with uh, the group policies that we had before, where you actually specify, you know, what password settings apply to uh, the enterprise. You can say, well, this group is actually excluded from that that requirement. So perhaps in my work scenario, we'd have, you know, uh, people who are executing trades and they have to be logged into their system and they have to uh, go back and forth and never have that computer lock out on them, for instance, right? So they're excluded. That machine is excluded from the policy that applies to the enterprise as a wide, right? About uh, locking the screen after you know, 10 minutes or whatever of inactivity. So you can block inheritance of the policy down or you can deny access based on the structure as well. So it's a, it's a whole hierarchy, much like a folder structure. And that's just the picture you need to keep in mind when we talk about Active Directory. Very cool. So it seems as though it's got an awful lot of options and power, and this is probably just the tip of the iceberg? I'd say so. Uh, a lot of actual applications that Microsoft builds it, that you would use in enterprise are built into it. So, you know, where I was saying before in a separate podcast around there's a security requirement to actually know what you have out there. This actually acts as a bit of an inventory sheet as well. So you can see properties of the object. So a user account or a computer account or a group is considered an object in Active Directory, right? And wherever it fits into this organizational unit structure, which is that folder leveling, doesn't matter. Uh, it could be wherever it can be moved back and forth between these things. So if Tom is in sales and then he moves over to marketing, then it's just simply a drag and drop of Tom from from this one OU to this other OU, OU stands for organizational unit, right? And maybe a couple group membership changes. And now, you know, Tom can no longer uh, access his sales stuff and can only access marketing stuff. So it's a, it's a way of managing employee progression throughout the company as well. I'm just guessing here, but I'm assuming you can also have not just replace him, but you can have him in both groups. For instance, for some reason, Tom has to do a special project. So he needs to be in a different group as well. He needs to be temporarily in the marketing group as well. The object can only be part of one organizational unit at a time. So if he needs to move over to a separate role and your group policies are, are hierarchy-based, where you have like marketing being a different OU than sales... And you can drag him over to marketing for a little bit, let him stay there for the few weeks and then drag him back over. But also the the groups that he's a member of also have to be defined in that way. So you have to, you know, you maybe give him the extra groups that he's a member of that maybe grant him access based on, you know, the, the policies that apply to that group or the access throughout your enterprise that you grant that group. So to the, to the marketing uh, folders within that share. So you can simply give him the authorized or the access to these things without 
having him in both groups and without affecting the other people in his current group? Or do you have to create a special group for him? No, you don't have to create a, a special group for him. He can be part of a, both groups at the same time. But group is different than organizational unit and the hierarchy of you know employees and computers sometimes and or maybe however you want to organize your company and apply group policies to it you might say okay north america has this policy and south america has a different policy because for some reason i don't know we don't trust people there as much or whatever right um and then have different policies apply to it so the location of the individual within the organizational unit matters from group policy perspective but authorizations usually done actually on groups that the person's a member of so you could have a person be part of both groups or no groups or whatever when you apply the permissions to a folder you say okay i'm granting sales team access to this folder i'm granting graphic design team to this folder i'm granting you know sales, marketing, and graphic design all access to this internal folder where we're going to share our, you know, party planning session or whatever. Except Tom, because he's on a special project and he came from South America. We don't really trust him. <laughs> there you go. Is that, what, is that what you're saying? So Tom wouldn't be part of those groups. Um, and so, you know. And deny would take precedence. Huh? Yes, it would. Absolutely. Let's Very deny good. Tom. Someone was paying attention. There you go. So you have these different object types. You have a group object type, you have a computer object type, and you have a user object type. And each object has properties around it. So you can actually go and see, you know, when somebody last changed their password, when they last logged in, what computer they last logged into, right? So if you need to do an investigation on something you have some very basic building blocks there. And then when you start merging in other products into Active Directory, like a very common one for an enterprise is having email. So Microsoft has a product called Exchange. And Exchange is an email server for basically an enterprise. And it'll do everything you expect from an email service as a home user. Um, but it also you know, integrates with Active Directory. So the person signs into their desktop, they click their Outlook icon, connects to the Exchange server, and it connect, and it automatically, they don't have to log into something else. That's another important factor about Active Directory. You can use the account on multiple different systems, and if you have it set up right, you don't actually have to log in. You have something called single sign-on, where you sign on once to your desktop, and then you can access resources from the file server without having to pre present your credentials to it. You don't have to type in your username and password every time. To get your email, you don't have to do that. To get to the internal websites, anything that's a member of the domain, you can just access directly with your account. And it'll either do this by um, presenting a hash of your credentials or, or there's a less secure but still somewhat secure way of doing it. And there's a very <laughs> secure way of doing it. And you can set these policies with an Active Directory to say what's allowed in your enterprise, right? It, you would want to do the most secure. I, I would think that you would want to do the most secure unless 
there's uh, something that doesn't work well with it where you'd have to lower the security settings for that thing. And then you do the, you know, risk justification around it. Do you want to inconvenience someone by making them log into this old system that can't participate well? Or do you want to go back to an old protocol that actually doesn't have the security that you that you could have? Right. I like that, that you don't have to actually log into the internal websites, the intranet. Right. That would be a huge pain if you had to. And frustrating. So, I mean, there's other ways that some companies handle this. In the past, with the older systems, you could just make something a website that anybody could have access to. And then you start basing your permissionings around, you know, physical access to a system. Well, if somebody can log into a computer, then, you know, I'll just make my file shares public. I mean, just saying it gives me the creeps, but, uh, you know, just... I, I will make an open share where anybody can read and write files from everything, right? And hopefully, like our listeners who who have any sort of company experience, that gives them the creeps too, because that's just like so anybody could modify my file. There's no integrity to the work anywhere, you know. Not to say that somebody would necessarily go out and do it, but what's to stop them? I mean, really, what's to stop them? Is there any benefit for them? And that's the whole risk evaluation thing, right? So if you're not managing things from a centralized repository, and we use Active Directory in this example in today's conversation because Active Directory is by far the most popular way of managing user accounts across an enterprise, especially like if they use Windows systems. But if they're using, you know, a Linux-based system, then there's... uh, and almost equivalent uh, thing out there called LDAP. Uh, and LDAP is like a as a repository. Actually, Active Directory runs LDAP. Right? It's a lightweight directory access protocol. And that's the, the way that you can query the properties of an account. That's how the hierarchy is set up. It's a LDAP-defined protocol but i mean so there is a a similar type thing in unix and you can have it built into your uh authentication system but maybe i'm getting too technical and off off track here i just wanted to say that active directory is not the only one it's not the only one but it's the one that we're talking about this time right that works were there any other key points that you wanted to hit on while we're talking about this I mean, there's so much about just Active giving Directory. a general overview. Um, so, general overview: it's uh, you know, in summary, Active Directory is a consolidation point for your users, groups, and computers. You can set policies there that apply to everybody in the organization, or only a group of the organization, or however you want to structure your organization logically. Uh, it allows you to see when a computer was last turned on so you can get a glimpse of uh, the different computers if you want to roll out your patch deployment you can use active directory structures to help you uh, prioritize who gets patches first or if you want to do rolling patches if you want to have a test group within active directory you can do that as well Uh, so there really is 
your mind's the limit with how you can slice and dice these things. As you grow in complexity with an organization, you can have one active directory talk to another active directory. Say you want to keep your uh, systems that run the cache completely separate from the systems that are in the test environment where somebody's, you know, developing code and has elevated privileges. So you can actually have separate instances of active directory all with a trust relationship. So you can set up who has access to what or no trust, whatever it's your choice. Uh, it's, it's very powerful. It's a way of saving you a lot of work. Uh, if you have an enterprise of any sort of scale whatsoever and it integrates with other operating systems too. It's it's really, you know, for what the five hundred to eight hundred dollars that it costs you, uh, a pretty good solution to, you know, not have to hire somebody else for you know, whatever forty thousand dollars a year. Right, that's very cool. Thanks for answering my question. So, did you have a topic for today? <laughs> did you have something you wanted to discuss today? I think that's it, Matt. Oh, thanks, buddy. Thanks for thanks for the uh, Active Directory something. <laughs> what did you call it? You called it something eloquent. Active Directory Fundamentals course is what you said in that voice. Right. I recorded it on my telephone. Excellent. In text. For some reason. Um, that was actually, I think, pretty good. I like it. Did you learn anything out of it? Oh my gosh, did I ever? Yeah? You think so? Yeah, no, absolutely. So now I might have to go and buy um, Windows, Windows Server for my home so that I can block my roommates from doing stuff. They would also have to be a member of it, right? Oh, I could enforce that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I have to stop your computer from overheating in its closet. Yep. And uh, there's some nerdcore music out there for me to listen to that's not going to listen to itself. Awesome. I'll tell you what, you have yourself a great week, buddy. Hey, buddy. You too.